What's up, sister friend, and welcome to Become a Relationship Badass. I'm Nikki Sunshine, and I'm here as your relationship and intimacy BFF, here to help you by providing powerful skills, objective perspectives, and a new sexy view on intimate relationships. In this podcast, I bring you episodes and interviews that will empower you to become a total badass in the realm of intimate relationships. If you want to learn how to create and sustain thriving, sexy, and fulfilling relationships, this podcast is for you. Now, let's dive into the episode. Morning. This episode does contain profanity. Yo, girl, got a dirty mouth. She always has. And it is my goal to try and make future episodes more clean in case any of y'all have kiddos you want to listen with. But what can I tell you? I epically failed this time. Okay, so there are some F-bombs. There's even a B-bomb in there. So I would advise you not to play this episode around the children. Um, All right, here we go. So today we're going to talk about the magic of our most primary and intimate relationships. So what I'm talking about today is I'm going to go over five, the five pillars as I call them. And this is essentially the groundwork as I believe it and teach it for how relationships operate and how intimate relationships are designed to serve us. So I'm just going to dive right in. Um, So the first pillar I'm going to talk about is that relationships are an avenue. What do I mean by this? Well, through relationships, we are able to grow. And I think this is a lot different than when we are not in close relationships because what a close relationship provides you is kind of a mirror in a way, right? Uh, those, those people you're super intimate with end up being the source of a lot of reflections and triggers perhaps. And these are all opportunities for us to grow. And so... Let's talk about triggers for a moment. When you're triggered, so we often attract partners who trigger us, okay? And so if you've been in a long-term relationship for more than a year or so, you've probably experienced this where, you know, something your partner does just drives you fucking nuts and it triggers you into an emotional experience. And the same probably goes both ways for you and your partner. And so kind of an uneducated view of triggers could just be, damn, this person annoys the fuck out of me right? (laughs) But triggers are actually an opportunity for us to look at our own shit and our own past and our own baggage. So when you attract a partner who triggers you, that's, that's kind of the point. And our partner or our close friend or our family member triggers us in order to wake us up to our unhealed wounds from the past. So what's interesting about triggers is that oftentimes what you're reacting to in the moment is not actually what you're reacting to. So let me me share an example here um, from my own life. My current partner, Warren, I... He works from home, and he sometimes works really late hours. And so I used to come home from a long day of work, and he would be in his lab with the door shut working. And I would get very triggered. It would trigger me. I would have an emotional response. So I would see that door shut, and I would become upset. 
And I would tell a story in my head that said, he doesn't care about me. He's locked in the room. He never has time for me. All these things, right? And I now own all of that as a story. So if I wasn't relationally educated, I may look at this and say, well, he just doesn't care. And this is his fault. And I might blame him. And I think that's often the tendency when we get triggered because that's the most obvious answer to why we're feeling the way we are is what just happened right in front of me here now. And that's why I'm upset. And it makes sense, right? That seems to make sense. However, what I've learned through my experience is that 99% of the time, I'm not actually reacting to the event that's in front of me. So to go back to my example, I started to notice this trigger happening and me being who I am thought, okay, what's going on here? It doesn't make sense that I'm upset with Warren for being in his lab doing work. Why would I be upset about that? So I did some digging and I connected the trigger to a memory from my own childhood actually. And um, I had this experience, it happened many times in my childhood, but I have this memory in my mind and it's... Uh, my mom, when I was younger, I didn't know it at the time, but she was she was battling uh, dependence with not only prescription medications, but also an extreme alcohol addiction. And so there would be days where I would come home from school and she would have her bedroom door shut. And I didn't grow up with many rules at all, but one rule I did grow up with was don't go in mom mommy's room when her door is shut. So I had this memory of coming home I was, I was a really big mama's girl when I was younger, and I would run home from the bus stop, so excited to see my mom, and I would run upstairs, and the door would be shut. And so it was this feeling of just defeat and rejection and sadness and all of these feelings. So when I would come home from work, now fast forward, I'm 26-year-old adult Nikki, and my boyfriend would have the door shut, just that door shut was a trigger for me. And that triggered me back to my experience of being 12 and crying in the hallway outside my mom's door. And so, I mean, holy shit, right? (laughs) How powerful is that? When we can connect our triggers to what's really going on, we can be informed, we can move forward with grace, we can share that with our partners. And so, Now they know why you're reacting the way you are. And if they're understanding and down with the whole growth and development path, hopefully they're open to hold some space for that. And so now that's what happens. I've, I've shared this with my partner. And if this reaction happens again, he knows how to support me in those moments. Right. And so let's just go back to the top here. Uh, Pillar number one, relationships are an avenue. So at Relationship Badass, I take the view that relationships are an avenue, that I'm supposed to get triggered and there's supposed to be challenges and all of these things are meant to help me grow. You can look at these challenges and you can choose to blame the other, get angry, get resentful, or you can choose to go inside and look at what's coming up for you. We call this inner work in the personal development world. So this is why this is my my first pillar here is relationships are an avenue because I believe this is absolutely essential to understand, um, at least if you're going to be hanging out here at Relationship Badass because that's kind of one of the backbones to everything I teach here. Awesome. All right. Let's go on to tip number two or pillar number two as I'm going to call it. 
So pillar number two says, I am responsible for the quality of my relationships. And maybe you're sitting there thinking, Nikki, no, duh. (laughs) But what does this really mean? So what I'm trying to get across here is personal responsibility. I don't know if y'all know me, but uh, your girl is a personal responsibility junkie. Because the day I realized that I'm responsible for the quality of my life, my relationships, my business, was the day that I gained so much power. So let me break this down a little bit. If you go through life, and we can apply this to relationships too, thinking that everything outside of you is responsible. So it's his fault. It's her fault. It's the president's fault. It's because of the weather. It's because of the traffic. It's because of society these days. It's because of the internet. Well, where's the power in that, right? If it's everyone else's fault, I have no power to change it. But if I decide, and like I love to talk about, ladies, you know me, everything is a fucking choice. If I decide that my life is up to me, then I have so much power to create what I want. I'm not here to tell you shitty ass circumstances don't exist. I know they do. And I know there's some of you out there that are struggling more than others and have been through more than others. I know that. And I I see you, sister. I feel you. And I know you've been through it. And I honor you for getting up every day to continue the journey. And I'm still going to own that I have a choice to how I react to my circumstances. I have a choice in the meaning I give to my past experiences. I have a choice if I want to continue to replay old negative memories and live in that or focus on the present, the here and now, and what I'm creating. At Relationship Badass, I take a stance of 100% complete personal responsibility for my life. Why? Well, it opens up so many doors and opportunities for me. It feels empowering AF. I feel so empowered from this stance. It helps me to design the quality of my life and not leaving the quality of my life up to fate or God or circumstances. So that second pillar is is crucial and it's I am responsible for the quality of my relationships and life. All right, sister friends, say that with me one more time. I am responsible for the quality of my relationships and my life. A fucking man. (laughs) All right. Pillar number three. My intimate relationships are entirely about what I can give and not what I can get from them. I'm going to say that one one more time. My intimate relationships are entirely about what I can give and not what I can get from them. I already hear you out there. Well, shit, Nikki, am I just supposed to do his laundry and cook him dinner every night while he ignores me and talks to other bitches on Tinder? <laughs> no, hell no. That's not what I'm saying at all. So let me let me dive into this one a little bit. I've, I'll just go into my own experience because this is where I really got this pillar from, but let me share a story with you guys. So my current partner, Warren, uh, We've been together almost two years, and it's absolutely the most amazing, supportive, challenging, inspiring, growth-fueled, sexy, passionate, exciting relationship of my entire life. 
but it wasn't always that way, right? So about a year ago, we hit we hit a rut. We hit a pretty big rut. And what was happening is, you know, we started dating and everything was sexy and fiery as it always is. And eventually time went on and, you know, the sexy fire fizzled and we didn't have any tools and we weren't checking in with each other to make sure that, Hey, how, you know, I love check-ins. So we weren't doing the check-in. Hey, how am I showing up for you right now? We were just assuming like most couples do that we were meeting each other's needs. So he was assuming that he was meeting my needs. I was assuming that he was meeting, I'm sorry. (laughs) Can you tell it's past baby grandma's bedtime over here? I was assuming that I was meeting his needs, but we weren't talking about it. This conversation is so key, right? And so one day we, it was a pretty bad day and we weren't, we were just not aligned and I was having other things that were affecting me emotionally. Some, some grief was coming up around my mom. And so the day ended with us, me finally saying, we need to talk, dude. Like what is going on? I could just tell we weren't there for each other. We weren't aligned. We weren't connected. I was in so much pain and he wasn't feeling me and I didn't feel supported. He didn't even seem that interested in our relationship from my perception. And so we sat down and we had a talk. And basically how the talk went was I went first and I expressed all the ways in which I was feeling unsatisfied in our relationship and my needs that weren't getting met. And then he went and he expressed all the ways in which he felt unsatisfied and how his needs weren't getting met. So after this conversation, I felt, I mean, it's hard to sit there and have someone tell you how you're not meeting their needs, right? That you put yourself in that position or maybe you've been there before. It's it's not comfortable. And so I felt so uncomfortable and there was a part of me that just wanted to say, well, screw you, dude. You don't, you don't do anything for me. So, you know, why should I step up and meet your needs? That was kind of the attitude I had in my head, one part of me. But then there was this other part of me and ladies, I swear this was a message from God, universe, source, whatever you want to call it, because I don't know where this message came from, but I literally heard in, in my head, Nikki, do you want this relationship or not? do you want this relationship to work or not? And I'm thinking, well, yeah, I I really do. And and that's true to this day. I I really did back then. And the voice or whatever was happening in my head said, then you need to focus on him. So I thought, okay, I don't know where this download just came from, but I'm going to give it a shot. This is where my 21 days of authentic appreciation challenge was born. If you guys have been on my website or gotten my free guide before you, you, you've read, you know about that. Um, but I decided, okay, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to totally focus on him and his needs and, you know, what he needs to feel fulfilled in this relationship first. And we'll see what happens. And I'm, I'm going to focus without expectation for him to do anything for me. So that was the deal. It wasn't me focusing on him, but secretly expecting him to do things for me at the same time and then becoming resentful when he didn't, right? It's a very different story. So I did that. I did 21 days, so three weeks. I did my 21 days of authentic appreciation as one pillar. So um, like I said, some of you might have known about that, but that's basically 21 days where I genuinely appreciate my partner in a very present and loving way. And I share that appreciation with him verbally. And alongside that, I focused literally on his complaints 
and did what I could to better meet his needs. And this doesn't mean you have to, for me at least, this didn't mean I had to change who I was or, or act out of integrity. It was like, okay, where's that middle ground where I can, I can meet him? Where can I meet him here? You know? Oh, I could do that. That's actually no big deal. If I, if I knew that thing was a big deal to him, I would have done it way sooner. So you kind of figure out, okay, how can I meet my partner? What's really important to him that would have him feeling loved, cared for, etc., him or her? And so, ladies, all I can say is that was over a year ago. I didn't even make it to the 21st day when all of a sudden, Warren, my boyfriend, turned into, like, my dream partner. He, he stepped up and showed up without me even asking. Why do you think that happened? <laughs> Probably because he felt so cared for and so loved by my actions that he didn't even have to think about it. Of course he'd want to do those things for me. See, if you've got two people who are both saying, well, what are you going to do for me? And what are you going to do for me? And no one's willing to kind of step up and take the first move. You've got a kind of a standstill, right? Nobody wants to step out and do more for the other because they felt like they've been so used or abused or ignored in the past. But if you have two people like that in a relationship, it makes it really hard for genuine love and connection to be reestablished. So here at Relationship Badass, I take the focus of what can I bring to this relationship? How can I bring so much joy and love and truth and care that my partner can't help but love me back? Now, does this mean you need to stay in an abusive or toxic relationship because you're trying to give something to the relationship? Hells no. No. See, this is where you have to make a choice to honor yourself and the other person. And this is kind of going into boundaries, but let's talk about it for just a minute. If you're in an abusive relationship, choosing to stay in that relationship is not serving you or the other person. Why? Well, none of you are experiencing growth in this relationship. I, I want to actually go back on that because I think there can be a lot of growth experienced from reflecting back on an abusive relationship. Um, I've had that experience not so much physically abusive, but more verbally abusive. However, while you're in it, there's not a lot of growth happening there. And it's not really serving either of your highest goods to be in that relationship. So that's in a case, that's a case right there where you get to make a choice and decide if this relationship is enough of a disservice to yourself and the other to walk away, right? So I just want to be really clear. When I say that intimate relationships are, are about what you can give, I'm not by any means endorsing that anyone stays in an abusive relationship at all. But what I am saying is that you can change the caliber of your relationship by first modeling the relationship with skills and honoring your partner's needs first. Focus on your partner first. Relationships, unconditional love, that's selfless, right? It's meant to be selfless. And we're kind of in a time now, given the, you know, women less than 100 years ago became empowered to even make choices about relationships. So we're in this interesting time where it's kind of like, 
well, I have choices now. My grandma didn't have choices and I do. So I'm going to use those choices. And I support that. I want all people to have choices. And I think that it's easy today to get really caught up on what am I getting out of this? So pillar number three, my intimate relationships are entirely about what I can give, not what I can get. All right, ladies, how y'all doing out there sticking with me? I know this is a lot for episode one. (laughs) All right, let's keep going. So pillar number four, growth together and individually is essential in my intimate relationships. This is almost an agreement of sorts at least in my life, this is an agreement. So I've made a decision that any intimate relationships in my life must include growth. And that means growth as individuals. So that means me and my partner, even after two, five, 10, 50 years of being together, we're still growing individually as humans. And I want us to be growing as a unit, as a couple, or if it, this, for me personally, this even goes into my friendships. I have a very tight knit and intentional inner circle that I've worked very hard to create. And I adore each of these people with my whole heart and would do anything for them. Each of these friendships has an agreement that says, I want this relationship to fuel growth. I want to grow and develop in this lifetime. And if I can't do that in my intimate relationships, that takes out a lot of the opportunity for growth. So if growth is a priority for you and your partner, then you will regularly be conscious together. You will be using tools. You will be checking in. Um, these are kind of the, the things I see in relationships that are, are centered around growth. Again, for me, this is personally a non-negotiable and a must-have in all of my intimate relationships. Why? Well, as Tony Robbins says, if we don't grow, we die. If we don't grow, we die. With growth as a backbone of your relationship, you can begin to see challenges as opportunities. You can begin to see criticisms as actually being called forward. You can be to see relationship pain as, as valuable feedback for you. So this is a choice again. And with, in the context of relationships, it's kind of an agreement, but growth together and individually is essential in my relationships. This is pillar number four. And finally, pillar number five, There's you, there's me, and there's us. So when I look at an intimate relationship, I see three systems at play. I see person A, I see person B, and then I see the relationship of person A and B as its own separate system. This kind of goes into the importance of keeping room for your individualism when you're in a relationship and making sure that you two are also considering the needs of the couple when appropriate. 
So let me break this down a little bit. I think it is absolutely essential for two people in relationship to have their own individual thing going on. Absolutely essential, at least for a long-term relationship. I don't think that an intimate partnership can remain sexy and thriving and fulfilling over this long run, I'm talking 10, 20, 30 years, if the two parties don't have their own individual passions and activities and hobbies that they that they do. Why? Well, intimacy is the beautiful dance between separateness and togetherness. And I believe that the separateness is actually what fuels desire. And so I don't know about you ladies, but I plan on banging until I hit the grave site, okay? (laughs) I love sex and sexual expression. I think it's absolutely beautiful and I have no shame around that and I want to be doing that until I die. And so you need variety. You need separateness. You need kind of that unknown, alluring nature in your relationship to keep that sexual drive going. So that's one piece, but the other piece is there's us, right? So this is the relationship. If two people in relationship are constantly wondering, well, how is this going to serve me? How is this going to serve me? What's best for me? That's another way to have the relationship die. At some point, the two have to come together and say, okay, what's best for us? What's best for us? Right. And so an example of this could be maybe you're considering moving. Right. And let's say you've been with your partner for five years and you guys are considering moving across the country. It's a pretty big deal. If both partners come into this discussion and say, well, this is why it's good for me. This is why it's not good for me. You're likely going to have two hot headed people kind of battling and not really getting anywhere. Now. If you have two people coming together and say, okay, let's really break this down and consider what's best for us, us as a unit, us as a couple, what's best for us. Now we have an actual discussion going. Now we can look at different, you know, um, we can look at different things in our lives and how they relate to us as a couple and figure out what's really the best move for us here. So I think there's times to consider the individual and consider the couple. And so what this pillar is all about is that fluidity. There's you, there's me, and there's us. We're both individuals and we're going to honor our individuality and our individual interests and passions. And we're going to allow each other the space to explore each other's individual. I don't know if I explained that well. (laughs) Oh, man. So it's, I'm going to give you the space to explore your individual desires. You're going to give me the space to explore my individual desires. And we can come together as a couple and talk about what's best for the two of us as a unit. Does that make sense? That that fluidity, it's so important to be able to hold yourselves as individuals and as a unit and be able to decipher when the time and the place is to honor the individual versus honoring the couple. This is often called mutuality um, in the relationship world. This kind of um, there's us piece where it's like we're considering both of us when we consider, when I consider myself, I'm considering both of us. It's kind of what mutuality says. Um, Yeah. So there's you, there's me, and there's us. All right. These have been the five pillars 
for these five pillars kind of make up the backbone of everything we're going to talk about here on Become a Relationship Badass. So I wanted this to be the first episode so you could kind of listen and decide, is this a podcast for me? Um, If you can get down behind these five pillars, we're going to have a great time here. Uh, If you can't get down behind these five pillars, this may or may not be the podcast for you. So just to review, those five pillars to a badass relationship are, number one, relationships are an avenue. Number two, I am 100% responsible for the quality of my relationships and life. Number three, my relationships are about what I can give, not what I can get. Number four, growth together and individually is essential to my relationships. Number five, there's you, there's me, and there's us. So again, this is the groundwork, the backbone for everything to be discussed in the future. Adapt these pillars and you're on the road to becoming a total relationship badass, ladies. (laughs) So thank you so much for tuning in. I love and appreciate you all. I'm super excited about this podcast. Um, I love the spoken word. So I think this is going to be a really cool place to connect with you all. Um, I do want to leave you with a call to action. So your call to action today after this episode is to sit down with your partner or for my single ladies out there, sit down with your journal. You could sit down with an ex-partner if you have that kind of relationship and you want to talk about these things and go through these pillars, discuss them and feel into them and say, are you down with this? Are you down to do relationships this way going forward and see if you can get a buy-in. Um, see if you can make this the backbone of your relationship. I can speak from personal, personal experience that having these as a backbone to your relationship is absolutely supportive for having a thriving, sexy, fulfilling, badass relationship. So if you love this episode, and it was helpful for you, please let me know. I really want to hear from you guys. Um, you can leave me a comment right here on the on the podcast app. You can leave me a review if you were really served by this. Uh, you can take a screenshot of you listening to this podcast, throw it on Instagram story, tag me in it, at Relationship Badass. Take your friends who you think you would like this podcast. Um, you can send me a DM. I'm on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook. Um, I'm going to have a link in the show notes if you guys want to join my Facebook community called Relationships 101. This is a classroom of, I'm going to be posting tons of epic relationship videos and content and tips in there. It's also a space where you can reach out with any relationship challenges you're having or questions. And there's going to be some really talented relationship coaches in there who will be there to answer your your inquiries or your questions, um, myself included. And so that's Relationships 101. There's going to be a link in the show notes. Also, there's a link in the show notes to get my free guide on how to have more sex and fight less. If you'd like to snag that free guide, super juicy, my ladies, uh, click the link in the show notes and you just have to drop an email and I will send you that guide. And finally, if you have any interest in relationship coaching and you're curious, maybe you don't really know, you've never done that, you don't know if it's going to serve you, no problem. I'm offering free 30-minute discovery calls. So I'll also have a link to that in the show notes. I can click that and it'll take you right to my website where you can set up your free 30-minute discovery call. This is a no pressure, no obligation call, just a chance for you to experience relationship coaching and decide if it's a fit for you. 
All right. All right, ladies, baby grandmas, whoever you are out there, gentlemen, you too. I'd love to know if I have gentlemen followers out there. So if you're if you're a guy listening to me right now, please send me a DM or shoot me an email, relationshipbadass at gmail.com. <laughs> Um, message me on Instagram. Let me know. I'd love to know if there's any guys out there. I'm just super curious about y'all. Um, yeah, thanks for tuning in. This has become a relationship badass. I love you guys, and I will see you next time. Mwah.